Bibles to the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 7. Colossians, chapter 1, verse 7. And what we've been doing over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at the pattern in heaven. Amen. Amen. Because there's a pattern in heaven. And when that pattern is right, the glory will fall. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, I'm ready for the glory to fall. Well, today's subtitle for this part of the pattern is developing spiritual strength. Developing spiritual strength. Colossians chapter 1 verse 7 reads, As you also learned from Ephesus, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the spirit. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all what? Wisdom and spiritual understanding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Once again, he said, I desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom, all spiritual understanding. Well, why does Paul desire this? Verse 10, so that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Somebody say all pleasing. Being fruitful in every good work and increasing and the knowledge of God. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. So you can't be fruitful without the blessing of the Lord. Amen. He said that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Somebody say all pleasing. Being fruitful. All pleasing. Being what? Fruitful. We'll turn to Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. So Paul desires that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Amen. His desire is for you to be, what? be fruitful in every good work and increase in the knowledge of God. Amen. That's his desire. That's why he, had, he says, I'm praying for you. Amen. Glory to God. He said that's going to come from you being filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Here in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, and he said, if thou were what? Diligently what? Hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God. Well, what is the voice of the Lord thy God? It is the word of God. Somebody say it's the word of God. He said, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his what? Commandments, and keep all his what? Statues. I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. Come on, say amen, somebody. Now let's look at Exodus chapter 23, verse 25. Exodus chapter 23, verse 25. 
And it says, and you shall serve the Lord. Somebody say, serve the Lord. You shall serve the Lord, and he shall what? Bless thy bread and thy what? Water. Now, when he said he shall bless your bread and water, he wasn't talking about God blessing your bread and water. Look at, look at it. It says, he shall bless thy what? Bread and thy water. And then God says, and I will what? Take sickness away from the midst of thee. But the question is, who is he referring to when he says the he? Well, go back up for just a moment to verse 23 of Exodus 23. Exodus 23, 23 says, for my angel. My what? Angel. Angels should go before thee and bring thee into the, unto the Amorites and Hittites and Pesites and all the other ites. Come on, say amen, somebody. And I will cut them off. What happened? There was an angel assigned to them. But guess what? We have ministering angels assigned to us. I'll say it again. We have ministering angels assigned to us. Every person in this room has a ministering angel or more assigned to you. Well, let's look at scripture. Make sure it's scriptural. Go to Hebrews chapter 1 verse 13. You have an angel assigned to you. You don't have to see him to know he's there. Somebody said, I ain't seen him. Well, maybe, you ain't, maybe God don't want you to see him. Amen. Amen. You might turn colors if you did see him. <laughs> oh, God. Hebrews 1.13, look what it says here. He said, but to which of the what? Angel said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make what? Thy enemies, thy footstool. Who is he talking about? He's talking about angels, right? He says, are they not all, all what? Ministering spirits sent forth to do what? Minister for who? Them who should be what? Well, who's the heirs of salvation? So angels have been sent forth to do what? Minister for us who are heirs of what? Salvation. That's a good place to shout right now. Now listen, now the more you obey what God has commanded you to do in your life and ministry, and the more you walk by faith, and the more you walk in the love of God, and like we read, and you are walking filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, everything around you will grow. Come on, you will be fruitful in every good work. Let me say it again. The more you obey what God has commanded you to do in your life or in your ministry, and the more you walk by faith, the more you walk in the love of God. Oh, that's the big issue right there. And like we read, the more you are filled with the knowledge of his will and all what? Wisdom and spiritual understanding, everything around you is going to grow. You will be fruitful in every good work. And listen, and your angel is going to need some help. And other angels subordinate to your angel will be part of your troop. Come on, you got a troop and you don't even know it. 
This is important information, folks. Tell your neighbor, this is important information. Why? Listen, you're the head of the team. Somebody say, I'm the head of the team. Come on. You're the head of the team. Well, a lot of people talk about commandments and things like that. And they said, all the people back there, you know, he was talking to them and he's talking about commandments back in the Old Testament when they couldn't even keep all those commandments. Well, go to Matthew 5.31. Remember when Jesus was talking about committing adultery? Let's turn there. That's why it's important people to study the word of God. There's a lot of stuff out here people are teaching. If you study for yourself, it's really plain and clear, folks. It takes a theologian to mess it up. <laughs> Come on. Matthew 531, it says, It has been said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, let him what? Give her what? Write him a divorcement. But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of what? For an occasion, cause her to what? Commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that a divorce, commit what? Adultery. So when, when people read that, what do they think? I can never get married again. Well, to go to Matthew 19.8, then he says it again. Matthew 19.8. Once again, he says, he saith unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffer you to put away your wife or divorce your wife. He said, but from the beginning, it was not so. And I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife or divorce her, except for it be for fornication, and shall marry another, does what? Commit adultery. And whosoever marry her, which is put away, does what? Commit adultery. And people read this, read this, and said, I can never get married. I'll be by myself for the rest of my life. Do you realize he was only talking about the remainder of a year? Why? Because they offered sacrifices every year for their sins. Let me say it again. They offer sacrifice every year for their sin. And if they obeyed and offered the necessary sacrifices, their sins were forgiven that year. Then they started all over again. But think about all the people in bondage today over this issue right here. And they say, I can never get married again. Because some churches went up there and said, because you commit adultery, you never marry again. That is not the love of God. Come on, say amen, somebody. Thinking they could never get married. Now, we're not, come on, we're not condoning adultery. But you cannot, you don't hang sin on people, making them think they'll never be forgiven. Sin is sin. If God can't forgive adultery, how is he going to forgive murder and lying and Cheating and all of his sin in the eyes of God. We're the one that put sin in categories. Oh, come on. Say man, somebody. Hallelujah. We say big sins and little sin. God looks at sin as sin. But go back to Exodus 23, 25. 
Poor. People are in bondage over that, folks. For years. Twenty-three, twenty-five, and it says, You shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy what? He said, You shall serve the Lord thy God, and he shall bless thy what? Bread and thy what? Water. Now go to Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 45. We're going back to Exodus. Keep a marker there. Go to Exodus, go to Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 45. Now this is talking about the blessing and the curse. Somebody say blessings and the curse. Deuteronomy 28, 45. He says, moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee and shall pursue thee and overtake thee to thy what? Be destroyed because thy what? You hearken not unto the voice of the Lord thy God to do what? Keep his commandment and his statutes which he commanded thee. Now, listen to him now. In those statutes he's talking about are provided forgiveness. Somebody say provided forgiveness. Well, let's look, let's look at it. Look at what does Psalm 103 1 say? Mm-hmm. And said, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that's what? Within me. Bless his what? Bless the Lord, O my Forgetting out all his. What's the first benefit? Who forgiveth, verse 3, all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. This was in those statutes. Ten was in those statutes. It was in those statutes. God is a forgiving God. Now go back to Deuteronomy chapter 28, 46. Once again, he says, you know, because thou hearkened not unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandment and his statutes, which he commanded thee, verse 46, and they shall be upon thee for a sign and a wonder and upon thy seat forever, because thou serveth not. Listen to this now. For that, because thou serveth not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. Oh, Lord. Therefore, thou shalt serve thy enemies, which the Lord shall sin against thee in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and want of all things. He shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until you have what? He hath destroyed you. But it says here, because you serve not the Lord thy God with joyfulness, with a gladness of heart, for the abundance of all things. And what God is telling us this morning, it's time for us to get our house in order. It's time to get your house in order. Tell your neighbor, it's time for you to get your house in order. What did God tell Hezekiah? Matter of fact, go to 2 Kings 21. 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 1. It's time to get your house in order, folks. Second Kings 20, verse 1. Notice he says, In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. Because his house was not in order, and he did some dumb, stupid things. And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thy house in what? For you're going to die. 
and not what? And not live. He said, do what? Set your house what? In order. Verse 2, then he turned his face to the wall and he prayed unto the Lord. And he said, I, be I beseech you, O Lord, remember now how I walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart at one time. <laughs> and I've done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. But look at the mercy of God. This is the mercy of God because he did make a mistake. The reason why he was dying because of what he did. Amen. But, and it came to pass before Isaiah was going out the middle of the court. The word of the Lord came to him and saying, turn again. Go tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people. Thus saith the Lord, thy God of David, thy father, I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. God sees your tears, folks. Come on, let me say it again. God sees your tears. And he says, behold, I will what? Heal thee. And on the th third day thou shalt go up into the house of the Lord. Go up to the what? House of the Lord, go to church, and I will add. <laughs> I shall go to church, and I will add. <laughs> and I will what? Add thy days 15 years. I will deliver thee in the city out the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city for my own sake and for my David, servant David's sake. When he turned to the Lord, the Lord gave him an opportunity to get his house in order. You hear what I just said? He gave him 15 more years. Well, it's time to get your house in order, folks. Go to Hebrews 12, 1. I know I'm getting ready to step on some toes right now. It's time to get your house in order. It's time to get your house in order. Do like it says in Hebrews 12, 1, 12, 1. It says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, it says, let us lay aside. Let us what? Lay aside every weight and the sin. Which so what? Thus so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Tell your neighbor, it's time to lay it aside. Come on, tell somebody else, it's time to lay it aside. See, you and I have to lay it aside. Why? You got to look at it. We're in the biggest thing that ever happened to this planet. We're in the middle of an outpouring from heaven. We're part of the heart of it, folks. You and me, and particularly to those that have committed themselves to this already. The Lord is talking to you about this. So you got to go to him and spend time with him. And find out what you need to lay aside. And you may have to take communion over this. Why? What does God want? God wants total immersion in the word of God. Let me say it again. God wants what? Total immersion in the word of God. And for, for, for some of you to do that, you may have to cast out that television demon. That you've allowed in your house. 
Oh, I'm preaching good in here. You need to deprogram your DVR and go back to total immersion into the Word of God and dig out all those CDs you've been collecting that you never even listened to in the first place and start listening to the Word of God again. Go to bed listening to the Word of God. God wants total immersion into His Word. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. Some of them sitcoms, you can't wait to get home to watch some sitcoms. Come on, I'm, you know I'm telling the truth. Come on. They're worse than soap operas now. You know how you used to be hooked on those soap operas? Now they got reality shows. They got all kind of stuff you hooked on now. And all of that is stopping you from total immersion in the word of God. It's got you captivated. You don't set your DVR on what's going on in the word of God. You set your DVR on what's happening with so-and-so. And you may not even read the word of God that day. But you watched your show. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. See, I don't get into sitcoms. I don't get into them. I don't watch them. I don't watch nothing. I, I was watching them at one time way back, a couple of years ago, but I stopped watching. I used to watch with criminal, um, criminal Minds. But I, I, I got tired of seeing people getting killed. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and uh, mass murders and that. I said, I ain't watching this junk. <laughs> and uh, gruesome murders and things like that. Come on, you know. And you know, and Muslims said, God, you already figure out what's gonna happen anyway. But it's got you captivated. And for some of you, total immersion is gonna mean you have to make some changes in your household. And get back into the word of God. Come on. God's looking for what? Total immersion. That's where you start, folks. Tell your neighbor, that's where you start. You repent and lay aside the weights. Lay aside what's been happening to you. Amen. Come on. Lay aside what's been stopping you from total immersion to the word of God. What's been keeping you from total immersion in the word of God. And see, what happens is when, when God begins to correct you, he doesn't just slam you with the whole thing. Thank God for that. You better say thank God for that. Because you probably wouldn't be able to handle it or take a dose, <laughs> take all of it at one time. Come on, you'd be going out your mind. Come on, say amen, somebody. But it's like peeling an onion. Come on, you peel off the first layer. And then later on down the road, Lord will say, well, there's another thing I need to talk to you about. <laughs> then he peels that one off. Then a little road down the road, there's one more thing, something else I need to talk to you about. But this is only if you're open. Some people are not open to be peeled. Come on, Lord, Lord I want to keep this layer. Let's go to the next layer. Come on. (laughs) 
But he can't get to the next layer until he gets to deal with that layer. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. But he'll start peeling off layer after layer after layer. See, you have to get to a place where you said, Lord, let's do this. Lord, let's get to the core of this. Come on. Why? Because I want to be pleasing in your sight. And God has been talking to a lot of us about certain things, but we have been hesitant about doing what he told us to do. Look at Isaiah 119. Isaiah 119. Look what it says here. If you be what? Willing and obedient, you shall what? Eat the good of the land. Most people know the scripture. They have quoted it. It's part of their confession list. But most people don't even qualify for the scripture. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. Now, we've been obedient in some areas and, you know, what we're doing. But we've left the willing part out. See, you can be very obedient to God. Come on. But lack in a lot of areas in your life because why? You're not willing from your heart. Okay. And all you're doing, you're going through the motion. You're obedient. You can be on time every day. Come in here smiling. But your heart is not in what you're doing. Come on, some of you know, <laughs> you look at the schedule and you go, oh, Lord, I'm scheduled to be here at 9 o'clock this morning. Man, I'm scheduled to be here at 9 o'clock in the morning. Man. Oh, Lord, there's a meeting after service? Oh, preaching good in here. I've been working all week. I'm really too tired to be getting up that early. I need some more time. I need some more time. Come on. So you get dressed and you walk in the door smiling. Good morning. But on the inside, you really don't want to be here. You're obedient. Because pastor said you had to be here. <laughs> but in your heart, you didn't want to be here. But it says if you're willing and obedient, you should eat the what? People don't have a problem with the obedient part. They have a problem with the willing part. Because why? We can see on the outside the obedient part, but we can't see on the inside the willing part because we don't see your heart. But in your heart, you're not really willing. Anybody in here? Do you, do you, okay. <laughs> and tell your neighbor, you got to change that. Come on. You have to say, that's it. I, listen, I love coming to sing in the morning. Come on, choir. You know y'all you, you know be talking about, our pastor's got a big pig. We're going to pay a nine ten. And the 10 minutes was the grace period. And they still late for the grace period. (laughs) 
But you got to change that. You got to start saying to yourself, I love coming to sing in the morning. I love coming to choir rehearsal every Friday. I love being in the sound booth in the morning. I love serving in the ministry. Now your flesh is saying, no, you don't. <laughs> but you have to tell your flesh, shut up. And tell her, listen, you don't have a say about this anymore. I love what I do. Why? Because I love my Lord. I love my Savior. I love his people. And in the name of Jesus, I love what I do. Why? Because it's not about me. It's about the Lord and being pleasing in his sight. And you say the opposite of Deuteronomy 28, 47. Where it says, if I, if I, I serve the Lord with, with God, you say, I serve the Lord God with joyfulness. Deuteronomy 28, 47. You say, I serve the Lord of God with what? Joyfulness. I serve God with a gladness of heart and for the abundance of things. Listen, if you'll do this, say, I serve God with joyfulness, regardless of how I feel. And with a gladness of heart, if you do this, you open up an outpouring of the anointing upon your life. To the point you'll sense a tangible anointing upon your life when you do serve. All right, listen to me out here. Let's go back to Exodus 15, 26, since that went over so well. (laughs) If you be willing and obedient, you should do good of the land. Exodus 15, 26, he says... And if thou were what? Diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and will do that which is right in his sight. That which is right in his sight. And sometimes we lose, we lose that somewhere along the line. For some reason, we think God t- turns his, you know, put a blindfold on. When we do something stupid, oh, God, you ain't going to see this right now, so let me go ahead and do it. <laughs> For some reason, we don't think God sees, he's, he, you know, he might, he's taking a nap right now, so let me go on and get this out the way. He said, and we'll do that which is right in his sight. But he says, think about what he's saying here. If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I brought upon the Egyptian, for I am the Lord that what? Healeth. This has a lot to do with your healing, folks. Now go back over to Exodus 23.20. Exodus 23, verse 20. Once again, he says, Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way, to bring thee what? Into the place which I what? Prepared. Now go back to verse 25. And you shall serve the Lord your God with a joyful heart. 
Go for what? A joyfulness of heart, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water, and I will take sickness away from the what? Midst of thee. There shall nothing cast a young nor be barren in thy land, and the number of that a number of thy days I will fulfill. See, that was in the first covenant, but we get double in the second covenant. Come on, wasn't this doable back then? So it must be doable now in the, in the second covenant. Because why? We're under a better covenant. Why? Because God is a God of love and mercy, folks. Let me read it from the New Living Translation. It says, you must serve only the Lord your God. You must serve only, only, only the Lord your God. If you do, I will bless you with food and water and I will protect you from illness. Oh, somebody say out of bed out here. There will be no miscarriages or infertility in, the, in your land. And I will give you long, full lives. Somebody say, I'll take that. Come on, somebody say, I'll take that. Turn to Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. So remember he said, if you do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. Now we know here in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, 37, it says, Jesus talking. It says, Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy what? God with all thy what? Heart with all thy soul with all thy mind. This is the what? First and great what? Commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt what? Love thy what? Neighbor as thyself, on these two commandments hang all the what? Law and the what? Prophets. Well, the law of who? That was, he's talking about the law of Moses. Okay? We'll go to Romans 13, 9. Romans 13, 9 says, For this thou shalt not commit what? Adultery. Thou shalt not what? Kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet and if there be any other commandment any other commandment he's talking about the 10 commandments here come on but there's 613 commandments you know <laughs> amen and if there be any other commandment it is briefly comprehended in this saying namely thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself why love worketh no ill to his neighbor therefore love is the what? Love is the what? Fulfilling of the law. This fulfills the law of the New Testament. What are you doing? You're doing what is right in sight. You are doing what is pleasing in sight. We're under the law of love. And a lot of people say, I'm about to take a man, but listen, if I love you, I'm not going to steal from you. If I love you, I'm not going to take your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. Love has fulfilled the law. We're under the law of what? Love. We'll go to Hebrews eleven six. This is the law of the New Testament. What are you doing? You're doing what is right in his sight. 
You're doing what is pleasing in His sight. And you're doing it by faith. Somebody say, by faith. Why? Hebrews 11, 6, but without faith is what? Impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he is a rewarder of them that what? Diligently seek him. See, with faith, you're pleasing him. So I do everything by what? Faith. I even love by faith. We'll look at 1 John 3, 22. First John 3.22. It says, and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Because we what? We keep his commandments. And we do those things that are what? Pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment. That we should what? Believe on the name of the Lord of His Son, Jesus Christ, and do what? And do what? Love one another as He gave us commandment. We're under the law of commandment of love, folks. And one of the things that's pleasing in the sight is when we're in a place where He can bless us. Let me say it again. One of the things that's pleasing in His sight is when we are in a place where He can bless us. That's when we're loving by faith. Are you with me out here? Go to Isaiah 43, 25. We're going to do some things today. It may be, you may get out here early today. Just saying amen for <laughs> Isaiah forty three twenty five. This is this is talking about the love and mercy of God. He says, "I even I am He that what blotted out thy what transgression for whose sake, for my own sake, and will not remember thy sins." Notice God says, I'm not doing it for your sake. I'm doing it for my own sake. Why? Do you enjoy remembering all the bad things your kid does? You don't enjoy remembering all the bad things your kid has done. <laughs> Some of you like to forget. <laughs> Come on, say am I right or wrong? But guess what? God doesn't enjoy remembering the bad things about you. So he says here, I even I am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own sake, for my sake. Amen? And will not remember thy sins. Then in verse 26 he says, Put me in remembrance. Let us what? Plead together. He said, declare thou that thou mayest be what? Justified. Well, God says, I remember your sins and iniquities no more. So put me in remembrance of that. Let me say it again. God says, 
I remember your sins and iniquities no more. So put me in remembrance of that. Somebody going to get it in a minute. God says, I remember your sins and iniquities no more. So put me in remembrance of that. So right now, you have a blank page to work with. So fill it up with the word of God. Say to God what he says about you. He said, put me in remembrance of what I say about you. In other words, you tell him, you're the righteousness of God. You tell him, you're the head and not the tail. God, I'm the head and not the tail. God, I'm the healed and not the sick. God, I, listen, I love my brother, Lord. I love my neighbor. Listen, you tell him what he said about you. Why? Because you have a blank page to fill it up. And fill it up with the word instead of filling up with a bunch of woe is me. Let me say it again. Fill it up with the word instead of filling it up with a bunch of what? Woe is me. Papa Hagen says this. He said, God refuses to remember your sins because he, if he remembers your sins, he can't bless you. That's powerful, folks. Let me say that again. He said, God refuses to remember your sin because if he remembers your sin, he cannot bless you. So you have, you have a blank page to work with. So fill it up with what the word says about you. Come on, say amen, somebody. Tell him because why? Tell him because those are the things God wants to remember about you. Let me say it again. Those are the things that God wants to remember about you. God is remembering all the things you and I are confessing before him. And what's it doing? It's filling up his thinking and he's saying, that's my child. That's my child. That's my what? That's my child. But you've got to start doing what? Confessing what God says about you. And you, you're filling his mind with thank God. Says, you got to go out there and bless them right now. You got to go out there and get them out of the situation right now. Because they're remembering all the things. I, they, they said they, they remember that I blessed them. They remember that I healed them. They remember that I delivered them. Put me in remembrance of what I've done for you. And who I said you are, not what somebody else said you are. Sometimes we hold on to what other people say to uh, about us. Then we do what God says about us. Some of us don't even know what God said about us. So all we have is what other people say and think about us. God says, put me in remembrance of what I said about you. But you got to know what he said about you. Hello, hello, hello. That comes from what? Immersion into the word of God. Finding out what does God say about me. 
if you got enough of what God says about you, you won't worry about what other people say about you. The reason you worry about what other people say about you because you forgot what God said about you. And you hold more weight for what they said about you than what God says about you. And guess what? You do that, those words that they say will hurt you. Cripple you. Because that's what they're designed to do. But God's words always lift me up. Always give me a charge. Come on, say amen, somebody. Hallelujah. When I know what God says about me, whatever you say about me, I don't care. I don't give a hoot. Why? Because I know what my daddy says and thinks about me. I know that he always has me on his mind. Are you listening to me out there? Hallelujah. Listen to your hands and give God praise. Now, in fact, stand to your feet. I want you to begin now to put God in remembrance of some things he said about you. If you don't know anything, listen to somebody beside you. They, 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 they. <laughs> They're probably saying the word anyway. Just grab one of their words. Let me, let me borrow that one right now. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let your head and begin to give God praise. Come on, begin to give Him glory. Come on, begin to give Him honor. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. We magnify you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, let your hands begin to worship and praise Him and glorify Him. How we thank Him, we praise you, Lord. And we want to be pleasing in your sight. Serve you with a willing heart and a joyful heart and a heart full of gladness, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We do love your brother. We love your people. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.